A disciplined mind leads to happiness, and an undisciplined mind leads to suffering. The 14th Dalai Lama, Tenzin Gyatso. Bending, Not Breaking. Season 3, Episode 4. Sokka's Master. And we're back for another episode, episode number four. Number four. Season three. Season three. And we've had some pretty cool guests this season, haven't we? So far, we? so yeah, it's good, been kinda right? kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, none today. That's okay. But fortunately, that means Max has a microphone. Hey, Max. I never didn't have a microphone. Well, we, you weren't speaking in the other episodes with the, with the guest that we had. I did a little. He said, like, hello. Maybe. All right. Anyways, I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And this has been Pruitt. And this has been The Not Breaking. Thank you for joining us in Season 3. A little bit of housekeeping to get through. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, if you haven't checked us out on the Instagram and the Twitter. BNB underscore pod. There's also a Facebook page that you can go like if you would like to. Yeah, do that. Um, and there's also a Patreon page if you would like to support us. In do that. In any way, shape, or form. Uh, also BNB underscore pod. So patreon.com slash BNB underscore pod. And Ben, what are some of the, if you like were to donate to that, yeah. are there things that you get? Like, is yeah. it, or is it just like, what, what, what are those things? First of all, y'all can be, you're, you're going to get bending skills by joining our Patreon. You're going to be a novice bender. You can be an advanced bender. And guess what, y'all? You can even be a master bender by joining the Patreon. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Cool. A master so, what? A bending master. Bending master. A bending master. Master. Oh. Anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. You can join our Facebook page, our private Facebook group, uh, and join our community of online fellows. Help us pick some lenses um, for upcoming episodes. Yeah. So and cool. I think the cool part about that is you get to join a community in which we hope to cultivate, uh, some discussion around our episodes. We'll be joining in. Y'all can ask us questions. We'll interact with the questions and, uh, ask some of our own probably. And so we just want to create a little bit of a community and we want to make sure that we're using that Facebook group for that. You can also get episodes early. So we'll be releasing our episodes early on Patreon. So Say that's what? pretty cool. And then you'll also have the opportunity to get live discussions um, during conference calls with us, video conference calls, as we go through the show again. From the beginning. From the very beginning with brand new lenses. Different lenses. Um, so you have a chance to be a part of that as well. So if you feel so to call, if you feel called to do so, you can donate there and help support this, this podcast. That would be awesome. Yeah, if I weren't hosting, I would totally do it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's let's talk a little bit about our lens for this episode. Sure, 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 sure. Discipline. Discipline. When you hear the word discipline, Max, what what do you think of? Oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah, like the rod. Oh, right. Like, tell me more about that. Well, like the the rod. The rod. Like, you get hit with the rod. That's a thing. That's a phrase. Have you ever been hit with a rod? I've been hit with a ruler. Oh. Or a switch. So a rod. Like Rod Barajas, former Pittsburgh Pirates catcher. 
No. He wouldn't be doing a lot of... Was he doing a lot of hitting? He was a terrible hitter, yeah. <laughs> so He did hit one walk-off home run one time. So discipline. Yeah. Because my mind immediately went to... So corporal punishment. No. That's where Max's mind went. Oh, okay. I went to train. I didn't say corporal, but I just said I'm in trouble. I'm about to be disciplined, not necessarily in a corporal way. Yeah, and then you took it to the rod and said corporal punishment. That's what... Yeah, I, I brought it there. What I thought of, though, when watching <laughs> the show was more like training, like... So having a discipline oh, okay. that you are working towards, which yeah. makes sense in the context of this episode. It also makes sense, like, I play the piano. You requ- It requires a lot of discipline in order to progress in your piano playing skills. Yeah. So this that made a lot of sense to me as well. Is that where you kind of took it when you thought of this lens? I tried to think of it in multiple lenses. Um, I, I Multiple the, meetings of, of the singular same lens. lens. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Got, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Continue. Yeah. Anyway, I tried to look at it through multiple varieties of the same lens, you know, just to, you know, spice things up. And I, I saw all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of neat things in here on multiple levels in terms of discipline and how, especially our, our American United States culture is... Uh, angled toward discipline, whether it's negative or positive reinforcement, and how that has changed and progressed over the years, and what has become. Um, I think of uh, the discipline, and like I, said, I read a, a a quote recently about like what was it? Something along the lines of who in their right mind decided it'd be a good idea to punish children for when they do something wrong and make them feel worse. Right, they are like it's just it's interesting because they already feel bad. Why are we making them feel worse? And how is that changing behavior? Right, mm-hmm. and so it's interesting. So it was just discipline's an interesting uh, little conundrum. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about that as as professionals who have worked with kids for a while. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We've seen mm-hmm. lots of strategies in disciplining. Yeah, good ones and um, bad ones. Good ones and bad ones. So let's jump into it. I think. I think it's my turn to do a 30-second recap. It is. It is your turn. Okay. Who's keeping track? Max, is that your job? Yeah, it's your turn. Great. All right. Who's keeping track of the 30 seconds? Oh, is that what you meant? Yeah. That's Ben's job. Okay. On your mark. Get set. Go. The gang watches the stars and sees a blue asteroid fall to Earth, and the gang uses bending while Sokka does nothing, and so he feels very sad, and the gang can't really help him out, and then they go shopping, and then as they're shopping, they get the great idea of, like, you should go find a master for swordsmanship, and so he goes, and he asks a master, and then the master says things like, I don't know if you'd be a good fit, and then they train for each other, and the gang's really bored, Ten and seconds. they take the asteroid, they make Sokka's sword, he does even more training, and then he uh, ends the show uh, getting a white lotus tile from his new master. Wow, you had two seconds left when you finished. Because I practiced in the mirror. Wow, did you really? No. Oh. I could have. There's nothing wrong with that. It's how you get better at things. It's interesting, because you... If there was a discipline in, like, doing public speaking, which I do well, good stuff... Uh Uh-huh, yeah, you're great at it. Yeah, then, you know... I think what I noticed... I'm already a public speaking master uh-huh yeah totally 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 no what i know we've, what, we've talked several times about the the better you get at something the more you know you can learn a whole lot more oh yeah um, and you see Sokka kind of take that he almost shows up with that knowing that tell right? me more about that i think for him he doesn't see himself as worthy he doesn't see value in himself especially when he's surrounded by people that he perceives to have 
more value and being born with more value. So that was an that was a moment that I didn't expect to have quite the emotional reaction, and I hadn't in prior watches. So when I'm watching this show, when I'm doing it for this, I turn off all my distractions. Normally when I watch the show, you know, I have my phone out, I'm doing other things, I just like laugh at a meme, and then the show's on in the background, and I still love it. But when I do it for this, I'm, I'm focused, and I had never really... This moment never really touched and landed the way that it did this watch. You think that's because you've made it more of a ritual? ritual. Oh, Casper! Uh, the power of ritual. His book is out. Go check out Friend of the Podcast. I like when we can tell say that people are friends of the podcast. Yeah, uh, Friend of the Podcast. What a great friend to have. Casper right? to Kyle's new book, The Power of Ritual. Um, go check that out because it's available right now. So you it's can, available. You can go get it and you can read it and it's good. And we go back two episodes ago. If you didn't listen to it already, I don't know why you're here if you didn't listen to that episode, but you could be and that's a thing. Go listen to that episode. I'm available too, FYI. Like as an author or? Sure. Or just like as a person? Yeah. Like to date? Yeah, all of the above. Cool. Hey, y'all, we need to find a partner for Max, and so that's going to be our new segment on the show. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Max, tell me about the partner that you want, and what discipline do you think they would be most uh, privy to? Oh, my goodness, we're out of time on this segment. I don't think we are. <laughs> I think we got all the time in the world for this. Let's do it. We could do a spinoff series on this if we needed to. Dating uh, lessons from the Avatar. Mm, no. Ooh! There could be if y'all want that series, we could do that episode. Let us know. That could be a Patreon episode. That could be a fun Patreon episode. We're gonna teach. <laughs> we're gonna say what can you learn from from Azula and. Oh, what a great episode! Yeah. Episode five, man. Look at all the dating advice. We're not she gets. there yet, Ben. Sorry. Okay. Um. So, I've lost where wherever we were Sorry, at. Sorry, I also oh, the I, power of ritual. Casper or Kyle, right? But also. When you have this show and you actually watch things with intention, yes. you pay attention, you're going to get more out of it. It's going to hit you hard. It's like anything else. You know, if you're on your phone and you're, you're doing uh, 30 other tasks while it's on, those moments aren't going to hit as hard. But it does here if you're paying attention because it is crushing. It's really Because is. we felt that before. We felt that feeling of, I am not enough. Well, and he says it, right? Like, he... What, what was the exact quote? Man, like he's like, I'm surrounded by people in ways, by people that are talented in ways that we, we aren't, right? And he just, he says, I feel helpless. And I'm just so curious, what can we do when we're in that mode? Like what causes that? And, and what I kept coming back to is, again, it's the stories we tell ourselves, right? And it seems like, based off the quote, so based off the quote from the beginning of the episode, the cold mm -hmm. open, right? A disciplined mind leads to happiness, an undisciplined mind leads to suffering. Based off of that, it seems as though a disciplined mind would be able to tell a story that enables us rather than holds us back. You got to catch yourself when you are telling yourself those stories. And I think that's the catch. It like, takes practice. People don't realize they, they're telling stories. It's the same. It, it's shame language, right? It's yes. the same thing. I'm a dumb dumb. I'm an idiot because I did this. Versus that was a dumb decision, well, or that wasn't a smart thing to do. Yeah, and yeah. internalizing it differently. I did something bad, or I did something that was a mistake. Versus I am bad. Versus I am a mistake. And Sokka right now feels that he is worthless. And I think the 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 catch here is in no way are we discrediting Sokka's feelings in this moment. That is real. 
and it like it makes perfect sense and I get where he's coming from and I want him to become aware of that language and also become aware of that, that that's a story he's telling himself and how can we help him and how could the pe- people in his life help him change that narrative well and can you can you validate the emotional response by also then redirecting what and diving further into what they really mean in that moment and he might really feel that i'm not enough right that's a feeling that we know or that i'm not worthy or that i don't have these things um but they try they try in that moment to say these are things that you're good at um it just doesn't work because it's it's all pitched kind of like as a they're not down there with him. Well, exactly. It's sympathy rather empathy. than empathy. And I, it, like the self-talk is literally he says, I can't do anything, which we know isn't true, right? And then the second thing he says is, I'm just the guy in the group who's regular. And y'all, like we spend our lives chasing the extraordinary when joy comes from the ordinary moments, right? It's the ordinary that that gives us that gives us life and Progress, gives us joy. Progress, not perfection. Yes, right. Yes. Don't let any, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Yeah. Um. And I think here, what's the difference? Response, right? So, because they try, and how often do we do that? How often do we try? Especially um, if we're not but thinking it, about it. But when you watch it, you go, "That doesn't feel good." Especially if you're if you're a twelve-year-old, and if you had someone do that to you. There are definitely times in my life where I've been able to say, I, I, you mean well, and I'm not mad at you, and you're not helping. Yeah. Like, that doesn't feel good. No, thank you. Um, so what's the response there? What, what should you be doing in that moment? What could Katara or Aang have done that doesn't necessarily try to paint a silver well, lining and around s- things? And for me, I think the, the flag was they tried to, like, Sokka was in the dark, and they tried to turn on the light rather than sit in the darkness with him for a little bit, mm-hmm. feel it, and then say, hey, are we, are, we, are we ready to head towards the light? Yeah. Right? Are we ready for that? Because if we're not, I'll sit here with you. But as soon, and as soon as you're ready, I have a direction that we can go because this is where my light is. Right? And so I think that that's, that's the empathic miss, right, is not being willing to sit in the dark for a little while. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, it makes sense to me. And I also wonder how that changes behaviors later on. In this episode, which I, this might not be correlated whatsoever, there's a moment where Toph blushes or hides her I took her definite feelings, note of that, right? yeah. Would she have been more willing to be vulnerable in that moment had she seen an empathetic response earlier from the gang when Sokka is sharing very vulnerable feelings? But when you get responses that aren't empathy it can kind of shut that blocker and say i don't know if i really want to show people those feelings if that's the response i'm gonna get you know i I took a a a different approach to that moment um i so saka saka returns just for a minute because he needs the meteor to to build a sword right Mm -hmm. and he turns like taught like katara runs up puts it all out there and says we missed you and ang and saw and katara are like hugging him and say tell us a joke they all laugh mm-hmm. and then as soon as toff is put on to explain vulnerable like to be in a vulnerable position he like they uh katara and ang are just gushing and Sokka's like what's up with them 
because he knows that Toph is often the level-headed one who isn't gushing. She says, oh, they just miss you, turns away, and blushes. Mm -hmm. As if she didn't, right? And so it seems that we need the discipline to not turn away. And so I'm kind of shifting that a little bit towards Toph and saying, like, what do we need to discipline ourselves to do? And I think it to not turn away from that moment. Lean into the discomfort. Lean into the discomfort. That's my charge. That's my, like... That was my call to action from this mm-hmm. whole episode, honestly. Well, because she's clearly excited. I think she's the first one that recognizes he's coming. Exactly. Right? She yeah. feels it when he's when he's coming that way. Uh, and then he also gives her a little gift at the end, which is fun. Yeah, and I I think she makes the little Nickelodeon symbol with the meteorite. Yeah, a lot of people catch that. There's a lot of memes on uh, all the all the interwebs about it. But I just think what a gift. Sokka doesn't feel her her missing him, right? When you hold that back, you are not giving, in this case, Sokka, the chance to experience joy, jo- your emotion, yeah. your uh, affection, your uh, your love, right? And when you withhold that, the other person doesn't feel it, and they don't they they don't know it's there. And talk about things that shift stories, right? If you aren't able to express that, and you never do. That story is gonna gonna change over yeah, time. Don't hide that light under a bushel. Yes. Yeah, share it. Share it. Absolutely. Yes. 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 We've made some jumps, but I think important ones. Yeah. Uh, Let's go back to Iroh for a second. <laughs> so he yeah. shows up throughout this episode as a disciplined monster. In a good way. Yeah. Right. So, like, there's a couple ways that he's disciplined. One incredibly physically disciplined to be getting pretty mediocre meals. It looks like he's getting rice and water, right? That's all you need if you want to get on Survivor, right? Jack like Iroh. Yeah, he's on that Survivor workout. He's on a Survivor diet. But, like, it's one of those things where he is not getting a lot of nourishment, and he is putting his body through the ropes where he is just constantly working out. But the other side of this discipline is it, it takes so much discipline, I think, to play the role that he's playing where I, I would like help me with a better terminology here. But like I, it seems as though he's playing like mentally unstable. And that's like the, the that's the language that kept coming to me. I might there might be a better term, but it's what he seems as though like he's intentionally making the guards think that he's unstable. Yeah, He's breaking down their discipline. Correct. Right? So, because yeah. what he's doing is saying, I, his mental awareness. That's a great way of looking at his it. His mental awareness is perception is reality. He understands that perception is reality for these individuals. And if he seems like he's not a threat, if he seems like he's not there mentally, if he seems like a joke or a pig or something that he can't, that he's not going to be able to harm them in the future. He's dehumanizing himself in their eyes. Yes, so that they will take him less seriously as a threat and likely loosen their guard, right? Like drop their guard a little bit and understand that he's not a threat or an issue, yeah. which only plays for him to be like, oh, and I'm going to get jacked and I'm going to be able to bust out of this place soon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's, it's interesting because all you get is you know, cuts back to him. Now, here's my guess, because I don't know for sure, and, and so one of you lovely fans can absolutely reach out to us and let us know, but this is my theory. 
I believe Mako has already passed away at this at this point. Yes. Um, and so I think they try to let Iroh speak as little as possible. Yeah. And so I think that's why you don't hear him talk to Zuko. I think that's why you don't hear him in this episode. You just kind of get grunts and and claps and. Um, so that's my guess is I don't know if they've casted, I believe, uh, Greg Baldwin. Is that his name? I have no I, idea. I can't remember. Um, at this point as Mako's replacement, but I think that might be why Iroh is silent for a good portion of the season. Um, but yeah, he, uh, you just get nice little cutbacks with him, which just kind of show you that, man, he is on top of his game and, and kind of always has been. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so yes, the discipline is there for him to keep working out to, to keep. Well, I just love how you, I love how you framed it in that he's, his acting in this situation is creating a, like a paradigm shift for the guards in which they are losing their discipline. I think that's a really cool way of uh, looking at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, you're so welcome. (laughs) I, I think what comes up for me when you say that is. I lost it. Never mind. Never mind. Let's move on. What? What? I, I, I what forgot. Is it, ben? I, I don't what remember. Like I, just, I forgot. We will never know. Right? Uh, ah, you'll remember it later. Let's talk a little bit about. You got it now. I remember now. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So, <laughs> the... Max, this is how do you deal with us? <laughs> I mostly just let you do whatever and then hit publish at the end. I won't be editing that uh, guffaw just now. Please. Yeah, yeah just leave it in there. Uh, the mistakes are there. We have to normalize making mistakes and learning from them. It's okay. Yeah. Is that really a mistake? I mean, you just forgot for a second. Oh, that's Give very... Give yourself some grace. You're, I, I just want to cultivate more discipline around not forgetting things. So the guard that's guarding Iroh. Yes. He is... Mean. Vicious. Oh, he's, he's, and he I says have, unkind things. I have questions about that. Okay. So there's a, there's a, um, a, a practice that I learned um, that's essentially a, it's a Jewish practice called Havruta where I am analyzing the text and I'm, uh, I, I come up with a question that I, that I don't know the answer to. And I create uh, what I think to be the answer. And then you help me by coming up with your own to see if, uh, and then we compare the responses. Okay. Here's my question. I would love to. Let's do it. Why does this guard viciously attack Iroh for his for his current state? Why does he attack him? So I, my answer, right, is he cannot handle seeing someone with such power and history fall so far because it's too vulnerable for the guard to imagine himself falling that way. Um, it feels like it's easier for him to tear Iroh down and judge him than to feel empathy and compassion. Um, like he, he has to see himself as better than, or this could happen to him. And so that's my answer. Do you have like, what's your thought process? Is there a different answer? Is there a a different, um, canon that might be headcanon for you? Sure. I think my initial response is, uh, is that he has so much pride and love for the fire nation that he knows he's overseeing someone who was likely trying to take that away from him. Um, Ooh, so he views him as such a neat. traitor to the cause of what he is knows and loves and, and holds true to himself that he's has so much anger around the fact that this individual, um, who was seen as better than him yeah, would have done that. And so I think that that's probably, it's probably a little bit of both. It's probably a little bit of, I'm mad that you tried to take all of this away from me. 
or turn your back on this nation that did everything for you. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of, and you were in this place of power and you're clearly not that great. Like, look at you here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that, yeah, it doesn't feel good. Right. No, I just like, it just feels like this is, that's the behavior that leads to dehumanization. Like he starts to literally dehumanize he calls him. A pig. him. I exactly. Mean, he, like, right. He's like, and it just, when, if we can predict when that behavior will happen, and there's a lot of data that shows that it's predictable. It's there's a progression of language. There's a progression of actions that lead to that language. Yeah. And so that we're on that path. And I just feel like we are we are most likely to judge others in areas where we're judgmental of ourselves. That's very true. Brene Brown, right? And so you heard of her? Yeah, I, I have, and she like is so great. I love her. But like it, this this judgment. She's not thing, gotten back to me about being a guest on this show, y'all. If you have a connection to Brene Brown, let's get her on here. Get on it. I don't know if we can pay for it. <laughs> yeah, we we can't. Her we don't speaking have any money. engagement fee might be a little high, it's, but would love to have her on the show. Yeah, yeah, we can do pro bono. Um, we'd be happy to be show up. On, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can do everything pro bono. Like we'd Max be, is currently doing this pro bono. We'd be happy to join Unlocking Us, her podcast. Um, but yeah, we're just judgmental of people where we're judgmental of ourselves. And he's so judgmental of Iroh. And it just seems like he must be, he must be in a lot of pain. And that, that's just, that's where I am right now. And it's tough too, because how, as you're talking about the progression of language that ultimately into dehumanization and genocide, right? Which is, they're very massive steps and a lot of stuff happens between that, but it starts at a certain point. Yep. And how frequently do we get, you know, we crack a joke, someone gets upset and says, hey, that's not cool. And we go, you know, it's, it's a joke. Sure. And that is the start. That is the beginning. That is a microaggression. That is beginning to this dehumanizing language and to seeing a group of people as less than um and it starts with with comments like that and so yeah we can sit there and say you know being called a pig isn't that bad and you know it's not great it's not great it's still dehumanizing language yes and we don't want to do that literally dehumanizing yes right i'm calling you an animal i'm taking away your humanity yeah so yeah, let's talk a little about Sokka and, yeah, the, and his master. The bulk of the episode, right? Yeah, Pion Dao. <laughs> yeah. Master Pion Dao. I am incredibly impressed with the discipline that it took for Sokka to show up with the amount of humility from Jump Street that he shows up with. What I think mean, that What's takes, a Jump Street? Like the very beginning. Oh, okay. The start. Huh. Is that a sports reference? No. Never it's a Jonah Hill movie reference. Uh, yes, and TV show. Ben, you're old. You're you should know about Twenty One Jump Street. I've heard of that. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, Sokka. Humility. Sokka shows up, and I he is someone who has been through several moments of what you could call cockiness. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, overconfident. Yeah, 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 yeah. And kind of learns in those moments. Happens with Suki when uh, when he first gets to the island of Kiyoshi. Um, Siege of the North with... Uh, he was so annoyed at all of the people who were running the um, defense of the Northern Water Tribe that he's like, let me do it! Mm-hmm. 
uh, when he tries to take on Zuko in the very in the second episode. Yeah. Yep. So he's he gets in these moments. He's been humbled several times. Yes. Um, but learning humility takes discipline. Yes. And so for him to show up to this master and not do that, and kind of this awareness of, I I don't know if I'm good enough to be here. Now, yes, he already is feeling kind of that, so maybe he's just not feeling super confident in this moment, and that plays well. But I think it, that humility shows, and honestly tends to be one of the reasons that Piondal takes him in. I, I think it is the reason he takes him in. I think that, and then he also understands that this kid is from the Water, water Tribe. tribe. And, and yeah. Is, so I know that that's something that... That aside, yeah. right? But it seems like uh, he he wasn't even looking at Sokka, right? No. He was Tone of like, voice. Heard it, it all. He heard it. That Like, and you, being able to hear the humanity, he turned around and saw him kneeling on the ground. And then he was able to, like he said, I will teach you, right? And that's just... Let us find out together. Yeah, and so, like, I th- I think that if you... We did a lot of research on humility as a leader school. Uh, the YMCA has a leader school for teens. And uh, if you took the past, I think, 20, 25 years-ish of um, leadership that were that was at that program and put them in the room and said, what are the top five most important qualities of a leader? Humility was on every single list at the end of the, that session. And so for 25 years, humility has been a key ingredient of leadership. And I, there are so many books on that. Patrick, Patrick Lincioni. 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 I think it's Lincioni. The ideal team player. Yeah, ideal team player. One of the main core ingredients to an ideal team player is humility. And there, again, there's there's tons of language on this, uh, and so I just think that that is a massive, important thing that really sealed the deal for him being able to be taught. But like everything else, it's a skill that requires practice. Yeah, you have to be intentional about practicing humility. You have to be intentional about practicing grace. Like you, these are things that all get of called, these lenses, right? But they get called soft skills, as this because, and I don't know if it, it, that term comes from this ideal that like because they're emotional skills, it's soft skills, or they're not hands on. So you're not. There's nothing soft about them. These are incredibly hard skills to develop. I would argue that the reason I got into school, the reason I did so well at my in my work. Um, and not this, that's not me just saying I did well, but per my reviews and performance, et cetera, like the reason I got, I did well was because of the skills that I learned that were considered soft skills. Right. Right. And all of those things I value way more than I value my ability to work an Excel spreadsheet or my ability to do CPR. Even when you think about things like. And that's valuable. Every job looks for someone who's a good communicator. It's, it's almost on every resume, right? You have, yep. We want someone who's a good communicator. Developing empathy skills may, helps you become a better communicator. Yeah, it does. When you learn the language and the tone of voice and how to, to, to hear people and listen, those like so these soft skills are things that, that develop and under the reasons you can be good at, at quote-unquote, the hard skills. Yeah. And at any discipline... We see that 
this humility was the only reason that Sokka really got to be able to do this is because his master saw that that was so yeah humility got him in the door right and so now what we see is uh, a a regimen of technique building very Mr. Miyagi right very like paint the fence type stuff so I'm curious about your your thoughts on this right so uh, calligraphy painting a vast scene with only a glance distracting Sokka mid fight sparring these are all things that discipline the mind and the body to wield a sword mm-hmm. right and so calligraphy works on precision and control and that's a very common thing for sword you fighters to mark like, your your, yeah. your signature on the battlefield with your sword yeah and so like Sokka interprets all of these techniques differently than they were offered love it right and Piandao makes faces and he sighs when this happens but doesn't correct him uh, the only time he really corrects him is in sparring and fighting. When he's sparring with them yeah. at the end, yeah. And so so I'm, I'm curious, because what do we make of this? Like, mastering the art of the sword takes years of discipline, like, in real life. Like, it takes years. It's, it's, like, any, it's like mastering anything. Like, I think the, the metric is 10,000 hours is what's commonly referred to, to as... To master a skill. To master a skill is 10,000 hours of discipline study with that skill and Sokka this has been a day right and I think it's a day right it's one day and then after that end of that day he says you're ready to make your sword and then it's from there you build your sword the next day so like is Sokka a prodigy or did he come in with enough skill to go through this quickly and i also like like just what are your thoughts tell me Ter- what are you where are you, what are you thinking maybe yes and i don't know i mean i think it easily could have been three days or four days either way it's still a short amount of time um he could have been that's a massive house he could have easily been housed there and with the amount of joy that the gang has when he gets back it seems like he might have been gone for a little bit longer than a day i think it was a day i, I don't it's fine um listeners settle yeah, if ultimately if it's a day, it's not. Yeah, it's not gonna hurt my feelings. Um, so I, I just I wonder if he's just that good of a master. Pian Dao. Yeah. Well, I but mean, also he... like Sokka's in a place where he wants to do well. He deeply cares about this information. He's paying attention. He's responding in his own creative way, but yeah. not in a way that is clearly Pian uh, Pian not upset with it. You know, he's kind of like uh, kids. Yeah. That's kind of his response, like, uh, teens. Um, but w- he's clearly seeing this development of skills. And Sokka still has, has had so, training. I don't, And I don't think he's leaving a master either, right? Like, Pian no, Dao, I don't think he's leaving a master. Pian Dao, I think, he, like, one of the things that this is what made me tear up this episode, this is, like, what really got me, was in the ending speech uh, was Pian Dao nurtured Sokka's strengths rather than tear him down for his mistakes. And what he said was, your skills didn't impress me. Rather, it was your creativity, your versatility, your intelligence. These are the traits that define a great swordsman. He then tells him that he is worthy. Uh, <laughs> right? Like Sokka. That moment gets and, me. Like, and Sokka, upon feeling praised, I just got chills. Like, upon feeling praised, feels compelled to fess up to his identity. It's a moment where we can reaffirm that you accept the love you think you deserve. Yes. He does not feel like he is even worthy of that compliment, of that love, of that show of affection. 
of that. It just speaks to his integrity because, because he says, "I, I, I lied to you from the get-go. I wasn't completely honest." And then I love that fight scene. The fight well, scene because because he's just, but again, he's just nurturing those positive qualities along the way, right? So, yes, way to use your agility while facing an older opponent. Yes, way to use your environment to your advantage. Um, it was just a. Well, a great and, fight and, scene. And to me, what that really demonstrated was the discipline it took for Piondal to get to where he is, to be able to... Oh, he's a master. He's a master, right? And I like, and we've criticized masters in the past on this show. One of my favorites. But, like, Piondal is, like, he's legit. Mm-hmm. And the what told me that is his ability to nurture Sokka and help Sokka grow, in, one, in this short amount of time, but to, rec- to spe- for him to be able to see the strengths in Sokka... And to nurture that as, like, wh- like where is the most greatest potential for Sokka to grow is nourishing his strengths, right? It's not nourishing the things that are that are weaker. It's not like, okay, we're going to focus on this sword skill all day until you get it. It's, no, I appreciate your creativity, your versatility, Use your, your intelligence. Strengths, yeah. Use your strengths to your advantage. Well, we've talked about, too, before, Katara and Toph teaching Aang and having very different styles. Um, and not necessarily knowing which style he needs at which moment. Piondao clearly has a very good understanding he of is when I need to be when I need to be forceful or when I need to be a little bit more laid back. And he's yeah. and he's got that. Um But he, I I love the moment in the rock garden where Sokka then asks for a cold drink and then Piondao's like yeah, with lemon please. Yeah, yeah make that too. <laughs> um and then shout out to his assistant. I don't know if we ever get a name for him. I don't think we do. Um, but shout out to him for just putting up with well, Sokka was, for the was entire sparring, episode. He's, he was there, like, he's getting yeah. hit, he's sparring, he's grabbing drinks. Sokka ruins his, his lovely rock garden yeah. to make a recliner. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, shout out to him. Good, there's just moments of Clearly understanding. Clearly disciplined mind. And even with Piondal, we just we go back to empathy and the discipline it takes to have that because he understands and sees where Sokka is meets him there and that allows Sokka to progress probably faster than he would have with any other teacher um it's a really cool moment it's a really cool episode and I love that Sokka kind of gets this episode I also appreciate the moment where Sokka's kind of asleep and falling asleep but then wakes up and keeps driving yeah Um, that's discipline right he clearly had the discipline to put into like there's a book called grit by Angela Duckworth it's all about discipline. I'm going to be real. The book is mediocre. The concept is, like, you can hear the concept and understand the whole book, in my opinion. But, like, hearing her speak is more impactful in my mind. Um, but it's it just, it's a good lesson. Learning about, like, grit is what gets people through. And it's, like, that's what discipline is. It's grit. Right? Yeah. Thoughts? Uh, on what? On on grit? Just in general. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, he clearly pushes through. I think he, I love that moment. I love the moment that he's he's melting his own meteorite. I love that he had the creativity to ask for help and use his friends to get the meteorite to uh, the mentor to uh, to make the sword. Yeah. I love that he has the sword. It's it's a cool moment. And yeah. it's, a, it's a cool moment that, and then Piondao has the discipline himself and has, has the mastery to even being blind and or throat like getting dirt in his eyes and still kicking his butt, still kicking his butt and, and still having the, uh, 
the sheath land on his sword. Yeah. And then here when Aang's running up on him and already knows that he's the Avatar. Like, and, we, like master. Yeah. Mastery. That's what mastery looks good. like. Yeah. Suck is not really a common Fire Nation name. <laughs> Pick Lee. Every, uh, everyone's everywhere. named Lee. <laughs> nice little callback to when uh, Zuko's hiding as a refugee in their That's kingdom. Right. Lee? From the tea shop? I've seen that meme everywhere. Oh, anyway. Do you do TikTok? No. Are you a TikToker? Max, you got a TikTok? Technically, yes. But you haven't posted any videos? I've posted two. Two? Oh. Thanks for keeping in touch with my I social media. I don't have a TikTok, man. I can't follow you. Bummer. Then why did you assume I hadn't posted anything? Because you said technically you have one. I thought that that's kind of where you were getting to, is that you have one, but you're, you're not posting a lot. As the so technical you producer of your on podcast. on TikTok, BNB underscore pod. That's Just not, kidding. That's not that's a not thing a we thing. have. Don't do that. I don't, it, it, maybe in the future, but it currently not a thing. That requires a lot of time. Let's, let's do this. Or any other moments from this show that we want to really talk about, that we want to lift up? I just, that that last line, one day, if you continue to train, you will become an even greater master than I am. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes from Piondao was, uh, a simple tool in the hands of a master. And he kind of talks more about, like, it can be a good or bad thing. And I think we've discussed that before. Ah. Um, but the sword is a simple tool. It's a simple mechanism. But when you take something simple and you work on it, over and over again, it can become something incredibly powerful. And I thought that that was, that's just a cool little, cool little message. We also, during the Iro workout scenes, one arm pull-ups while eating an apple. Crushing it. And he's not like, he's still a bulky dude. He's pulling a lot of weight with that left arm. Just thought that that's worth highlighting. He's definitely bulky. So, and then, I, and we get a little moment with the white Lotus at the end, which brings it all together. And we, I, White Lotus is going to show up soon. And so good. I love me some White Lotus. <laughs> so good. Cannot wait. All right. Any other thing you want to highlight before we jump into a quick break and then our practice and devotion? I think I'm ready to move on. Let's do it. All right. We will be, uh, Max, before we go, anything you want to add? Not at this time. Can awesome. you talk about your partner and their, her, uh, their discipline yet? Yeah. Not who at this you, time. Who are you dating? What do they need to be a master of? I'm not dating anybody. Empathy? Empathy is a good start. Yeah, that's important. All right, we will be right back with our practice and our discipline right after this. And we're back. Thank you for waiting. That was a nice little... Was that an impression of me? Yeah. I like it. Thank you. You're so welcome. So we're coming back. We're going to do our, our practice, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go into our devotion, and then we're going to share who we're grateful for before we go. So our practice, if you remember from, what was it? What, what episode did we do that? Episode one? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Last time we didn't have a guest, right? It was episode one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So when we did yeah. episode one was... Uh, the, the Wonder Square. So we're going to bring that back. Wonder Square! Yeah, you made that joke that time, too. And so... What is the secret of your power? This is a four-step practice. Four-step practice in which we are going to 
provide a randomized quote from the episode, which I went on the transcript, scrolled up, and landed my finger on my phone and picked this quote. Do you have, like, a site you get these transcripts from? Yeah, I sure do. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Cool, cool, cool. Do it offline. So, moral of the story is... Not during the show, right? Max knows that's not good. The four-step practice is the wonder square, and so what we're going to do is the steps are think, feel, do, and wonder. And so we're going to read the quote, and then we're going to think about how that quote evokes those four areas. So you, can, you don't have to go in order, but remember, we're, gonna, we're trying to hit all four. So here we go. The quote is, I learned from badger moles. Before we dive in, do you remember where that's from? Like where that happened? Yeah. What, where, I think where, it's when they were talking about who, how they learned how to bend when Sokka was feeling bad about yeah, it was right what, from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, moles like, live yeah. in the tunnels, go through the rocks. moles. Cool, 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 cool. So, I learned from badger moles. So, uh, first time we saw them was in the secret tunnel. And so, we are, uh, what do we think about? What do we do? What do we feel? And what do we wonder about? So, does this have to be in context of anything, or really can it just be the first thing I thought about? Yes. All of the all of the above. It would just make it automatically takes me back to the song, the secret tunnel, the secret tunnel. Yeah, and yeah. it just because I, I hear badger mole and that's immediately what I think to right now is badger moles who live in the tunnels go through the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because like in in badger moles, like I love the badger moles. They're one of my favorite animals in well, the series. To me, they seem like they're almost intimidating, right? I, when I see badger moles, I feel intimidated because they look kind of scary. Because you just gotta like, sing for them, man. Yeah, if you, as soon as you sing for them, like the, this dies. But like, like when I saw that the first time, I was kind of intimidated by them, and I was nervous for the group because what it looked t- like they were gonna attack the group. So does it, does Toff even get a chance to be intimidated by them? Because she doesn't see them. Because she doesn't see them. She feels that's them. interesting. She's got an immediate connection that's with a, them. That, to me, that's a big. That's a wonder question, right? That makes me wonder whether she was nervous at all. When she was learning from them. Yeah, and I think she, uh, we, I feel like we get to see her, they show it, right? They show, like, a flashback of her yeah, I think with so. them. And I love this moment of we're all connected still, because she even says it. She says, they couldn't see like me. So it was almost like we were in it together. And, um, yeah, so I, I wonder if she was intimidated or felt that, or if it was just this immediate connection. That's a good wonder. We've and we talked about think. It made us think immediately on that. Back to that episode. Yeah. But I also think it makes me think about how you can learn things from places you wouldn't typically expect, which like, is kind of what we're doing with this show. Yeah, that's um, a great point. That you wouldn't have expected for a badger mole to be the one to teach you how to earth bend. You wouldn't expect a a kid show animated to be kid able show to from do Nickelodeon um, from two thousand five. Yeah, it's and it's there's a reason we love it, but I think it, you just, you don't expect that, especially as a as a fifteen year old, thirteen year old, nine year old, what however old you are, discovering this show. <laughs> yeah, I, I first watched it. I think as like a twenty three year old. So, um, yeah, I think that that makes me kind of think back to the way you can learn from the unexpected. Yeah, I love that. So we hit wonder, we hit think. 
we talked about how I, I felt, right? I have the feeling of intimidation and how that kind of changed once we, like, song was brought into it, right? Mm-hmm. And then that leaves do. Like, what is this What is this feeling called to do? Um, I learned from the badger moles. Badger moles. Makes me want to sing. Always makes me want to sing, but that's that's not my answer, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll go. For me, I am thinking about okay, where where am I not learning from that I could be? And so I am wondering like, what can my dog teach me that I have been um, patient to? No pun intended, or not pun, but like, I don't know. yeah, you know, like, no, uh, yeah, patience. Yeah, Holly's a like, big dog. My yeah, my dog is y'all. 120 pounds of dumb dumb, but also beautiful and kind and sweet and pretty smart actually. But goodness. she's very smart, which makes the moments where where she's not being super intelligent incredibly frustrating. Yeah. But yeah, like and that's just an example. But like, where where could I be learning from that I'm I'm that is, that is blind to me right now? Where are my blind spots? And so I want to. I'm feeling called to kind of like take the analyze agency those to, to do that. And, pay attention a little bit closer and that actually that's gonna that's gonna go into my devotion a little bit that that call for doing um currently i i am trying to get more into activism yeah um and as we're looking through boy we need it the lens of discipline through earth is our element this week okay let's dive right in um finding a way to not get lost in the clouds and take on too much but to ingrain it into uh, a part of my habit to make it ritual, yeah. Um, I think it's I love a very, that we keep is, coming is, back to that. Is a very earth quality. Is a very is to stay grounded and to to kind of be realistic with what I can do. Yeah. But make it something that I do daily, but making it achievable. And I think that that's a that's kind of how I felt when you're making a discipline. How frequently do we sit there and say, "I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to go to the gym." seven times a week and then we fall off and we're not able to accomplish it because yeah. it's not something that's becoming a habit and it's something that's unrealistic um and so i want to do that with activism and i don't want to fall off of that i want that to be ingrained in the way that i behave each day um and so i, I kind of feel called to to find ways that i can learn about things how to do that better um in ways that i haven't learned before but yeah. I need to take agency to go find those ways and not necessarily you can, there's, there's others that can help. There are resources out there, but I need to take the agency to do that, to make it habit. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I'm at with what I want to do this week. Um, is stay very grounded as I, as I make activism a habit for me. Yeah. I, I the wonder square is pretty cool and I love how it just kind of led us right into our Devo. Yeah. Sorry um, if that was unintended. It uh, wasn't, but it was, it worked out great. And so like I, I'll go, uh, for my, my earthy discipline thought process was, uh, I, I've been thinking a lot about, uh, again, like foundational foundation and, uh, like the phrase comes up is like, how do you, you know, how do you eat an elephant? bite at a time one bite at a time and so it's the same thing it's like it's we have to lay brick by brick you can't just put the roof on nothing you have to build from the ground up yes and i'm realizing how there is this 
building that is in just utter disrepair and it has been built for for certain types of people and not for other types of people and i'm thinking okay how do we both tear down this system and this uh, this oppressive system as well as build brick by brick Mm -hmm. and i think there's there's there has to be a mix of both because you can't just tear down and you can't just build new things because that's just the way the world works and so for for me i'm i'm thinking what are the what are the things that i can do that don't feel like this massive undertaking but i'm laying a brick that's that's where i'm i need to have the discipline to take on this this challenge brick by brick build that foundation yeah i love that as we are building our habits sticking with our habit of gratitude Mm, my favorite who are the characters that we're lifting up this week who uh who you got me first yeah let's let's yeah so go ahead ben so i'm i'm picking toff and it's for the moment that we talked about like toff is just such a strong female character for us to learn from and in, in spite of her blindness, or actually really because of it, like she had to discipline herself in ways that other benders never dreamed of doing because of their privilege of being able to see. And it's what I believe ultimately gives her the ability to bend metal. And I, I think that being said, it is so difficult to express our emotions when they make us feel vulnerable and fighting and bending require a completely different set of vulnerability skills than what Toph has developed. And I just, I want to thank her for caring so much, even though she hides it. And I'm just, I'm grateful for, for her leadership and her strength. Mm, Absolutely. Nice pick. Thanks. Love Toph. She's great. Love Toph. Yeah. Yeah. My pick is I'm going to go with uh, Master Peon Dao. Mm. Um, I, am, as a person outside of this, am so tired of hearing we don't do things that way. That's not how oh. we do things. Especially when the way you've been doing them can potentially be done better. I love that Master Peon Dao allows Sokka to develop in different ways to get to the same destination. Mm-hmm. He easily could have said, no, you don't do that. You don't put ink on your face, and that's not what we're doing here. Yep. But he waits. Because he, know, like, he knows as soon as Sokka's like, you want to see my fa- You want to see my signature? You want to you put my stamp on this? I'm going to put ink on my face. He immediately could have stopped him and said, stop. Don't do that. Yeah. But he let him do it. And he let him work through that creativity. And I, I, I also am just incredibly grateful for the time on the back end that um, he put in to become a master. Because the yeah. only reason he's able to be there for Sokka is because of all the work that he did previously. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we forget about that when we're working with other people. About how much gratitude that we need to have for, for those moments. The times that we don't see. The work that we don't see. Um, it's so true and how much we need to lift those people up. So I'm going to give my gratitude to, to master. We just, we need more teachers like that that are able to nurture the strengths rather than tear them down for the, here, here, the standardization. Absolutely. If we had more teachers like that, we would have less people 
doing things they don't want to do and less people in after school detention and less people in detention period and less people getting suspended and less people just, uh, the school to prison price pipeline would be less. Like we just, we need more teachers with this amount of mastery in their field. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who has worked next to the education system, but never in it, I can't speak much to it except for the fact that, yeah, I would love her. I, I can love more <laughs> mastery, <laughs> more time for mastery if that's possible. Here, here. All right, that's it, y'all. That's it. We got special, uh, special guest next week. Really cool. So don't miss that episode. Join us next week uh, as we as we tie, uh, dive into the beach through a lens of resilience, mm. which is uh, what a fun little episode. It is a good episode. One little fun little episode. I wouldn't call it a filler episode. It is not a filler episode. Do people think the beach is yes. a filler episode? Yes. So much happens. Yeah, I know. So much happens. Like character development galore. Oh, we're going to talk about that. It is, yeah. It is, you know what is a filler episode? The episode later on the season that I do not like. All right. You've mentioned that twice, and we're going to move on because it is time to move on. It'll, it'll Thank it'll you happen. for listening. Yeah, before we go anywhere again, BNB underscore pod. That's our Twitter and our Instagram, and also now our Patreon uh, if you feel called to to donate to that, um, please do. And Max, you got anything you want to sign off with? Anything you want to say? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, no, not at this time. Well, Max, thank you for doing what you're doing. Because you're so disciplined. I have gratitude for you because you help us out so much. Season one to now, so different. So yep. much better. And it's because of... You, Mr. And your Patreon support will help us pay Max. That would be great. But no pressure. Seriously, I'm happy to do it. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Please come back. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. I'm Ben Pruitt. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. (laughs) 